All right, I'm back uh, another week and episode 23. I'm pretty excited about uh, this one today because it's something I've been thinking about. And then, um, of course, a conversation last night, yesterday, two days ago, just like another piece of information came into it, and I've just been i been excited so to record this. But um, anyways, just finishing up a week-long event with the Travis Mannion Foundation and in support of Steve's Club, Steve's Club of Denver, and um, leadership expedition that I host every year with these guys. And uh, just like always, emotionally, just emotionally spent yesterday, basically worthless because it was such a rewarding, rewarding experience. Um, and then, you know, obviously it's just exhausting because you're working and you're trying to put on your best effort. But, you know, you, you get an emotional place and you hear things and you share things and you're processing things and you're just tired. So, rested all day yesterday, got ready for another event today. Yes, that, that's getting ready to happen. Awesome, awesome, Freya. Freya, that's awesome. Perfect. Hey, I'm going to pause this for one second. And uh, so I'm back again. Um, man, I gotta get. I either gotta get more professional or, or something. Um, but it, it is kind of funny. It's like one dog barks outside. The other dog has no idea what's going on, but they decide to bark. And it's, it's like, yeah, hey, you're adding no value. And I, I actually think there's something there. Oh, <laughs> leadership wise, um, one person talking and feeling have you have to continue. You have to talk over, or add on at the end. I said something this week actually with the Travis Manning Foundation about I don't need to ice an already frosted cake. You know what I mean? And uh, I just made that up when I was out there in the service project. I thought it was pretty cool. I was pretty proud of myself. But, uh, you know, I never underestimate somebody so full of themselves feeling like they have to always add on to somebody else's good stuff instead of just letting it sit. You know? Oh, Anyways, where are we at? Um, Travis Manion Foundation. Look them up, man. Look them up. They're pretty pretty cool. Then you can see what we do here uh, on this one if you follow. You follow Instagram accounts or whatever you do. I'm not going to talk about it on this podcast. So, um, What I do want to talk about is a poem by Robert Frost. It's funny. You just do a quick Google Google search, and you'll find all kinds of stuff on it. You do an Instagram search, you'll find all kinds of stuff on it. And and again, it's people taking it the wrong way. But now I'm getting ahead of myself. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Let me just read this poem by Robert Frost. I just want to read the first part, and then you're going to think one thing already. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler, long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then I took the other, as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, and I'm going to stop there. But we know that, we know that poem, right? Like, two roads in the woods, they diverged, I took the one less traveled. And, oh, you know what? Let me read the last. Let me read the last paragraph or stanza or frame or whatever. I'm not a poet, um, 
the last half. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. And that's pretty cool, right? Like, yeah, hey, hey, check me out. There's, there's a fork in the road, and it looked like this one over here is less traveled, so I'm going to take that one, right? And um, you hear people talking about that all the time. Oh, I took the, I took the road less traveled, right? And it is said with a sentiment of, look at me, man. Like, I did the right thing. Or I did something that the rest of the crowd didn't do. It must be better. It's often conflated with, like, taking the high road. I'm using my fingers, you know, to do the old Nixon quotations, something, something. But, uh, uh, you know, take the high road. You got to take the high road. I took the high road. You know, well, well good for you, man. Good for you that you took the high road. I mean, I say that too, but not as I, I'm very careful about why I say it or how I say it. And um, it's it's most commonly misunderstood as doing the right thing or look at me. You know, everybody else is going this way, and I recognize that the hard way, the obstacle, the obstacle's the way, like, right, right, like, we're conflating all these different things, and, um, when you sit down and you read the whole poem, you realize that this isn't what Robert Frost is talking about, you know, and you can actually dissect this poem, and it can be indicative of, um, when people say that, they're just chest-thumping, right? Hey, check me out. I took the road less traveled. Hey, check me out. And they like to cage it or, or, or like cash it in a way that pretends to be some magnanimous thing or a significant thing because of moral virtue or something like that, right? I took the road less traveled. I took the high road. And, um, I'm trying to figure out why? Well, because I want to drift it into thinking outside the box here in a second. But um, and I also don't want to be redundant about pounding this poem. I want people to go in and just like Google it. It's a it's a two minute read, and then you can look at like poet notes that discuss how it's misread um, and interpreted. And I use it when I hear people talk. Well, oh, I took the road less traveled. Oh, I took the high road. To me, it's a flag. It's a flag. Well, why did you do it? Did you do it just so that you could say you could do it? Did you do it by accident and now you're just trying to take credit for something that you did by accident? I mean, are you just a douchebag because you want to be different? You know, being different for the sake of being different? Um, and none of those reasons have anything to do with being a an emotionally intelligent individual. None of them. You know? In fact, when you read through the poem, you find out that the two paths were, were equally similar. Just one went left, one went right. You know, you don't always have to take the hard way for the sake of taking the hard way for attention. When you do take the hard way or the high road or that road less traveled for specific reasons um, that are well thought out and well intended, not not by convenience, then then maybe we can we can say, okay, hey, cool, right? Like, you did it for, for good reasons. We can dissect that. You know, I did this when everybody else wanted to do that because I saw what was right or whatever. But you know what's funny? 
is when you have to identify it and say it out loud and you have to use your words to, to bring attention to it it already makes me think like yeah you're suspect you know just do it who cares who cares who knows what road you took who cares who knows what connection you made with so and so and talked about so and so and made a change and so and so who cares you know why do you have to bring attention to it just do it you know and and I mean that ties me back to the to the whole Ralph Waldo Emerson quote that I mentioned on the Spartan Up podcast a couple of weeks ago um let your actions speak so loudly that I cannot hear your words you know who cares who cares what road you took who cares that you took the road less traveled I mean, from where I'm sitting, that's just an indicator that you're a douchebag. The fact that you have to tell me that, you know, um, let me, let me drift this into thinking outside the box. We, I mean, that was a cute thing to do in my military career, uh, infantry officers course, you know, we're, we're instructors trying to teach students and, outside the box thinking we need to think outside the box you know um it was it's predicated on we were facing an insurgent warfare unlike that we had through the 80s and 90s had trained for right training for traditional warfare type stuff um even even despite like some of the finer nuances of the harder stuff of vietnam but we started fighting an insurgent warfare and that was kind of well, not kind of, it was a little bit different than traditional warfare, offense, defense, you know, fixed positions, strengths, weaknesses, you know, surfaces, gaps. I mean, it's similar, but being applied in different ways, you know. And so we had to think outside the box, so to speak, or the standard or the training norm or the protocols in order to adapt and evolve to a, an evolving enemy that had a, a faster cycle of being able to adapt and evolve because we were constricted not only in mind but in you know practice and training and bureaucracy and whatever um, diff- whole different conversations but anyways thinking as we're thinking outside the box started to come into play but then it and it became like hey I've got a problem I can use traditional tactics to solve this problem and when you're role playing this problem the instructors always were had a trick because they could bend the rules because the instructors always had to win you know and so you would oh well we're going to do it like this and then so no matter what you decided to do to solve uh, a cute instructor would oh no that's wrong because the enemy did this hey lieutenant you need to think outside the box you're thinking too and it was like this hallmark thing to be this captain that was always thinking outside the box and never minding that they always wanted to change the rules when an answer that would have sufficed would have been good, you know, just to, just to reinforce. And you can see how over a few cycles, a couple of years, that this just really created um, thinking outside the box is something bad. But uh, I just remember a couple of peers of mine was just always thinking outside the box. We always got to do it different. And they spend so much energy trying to be different, trying to think differently for the sake of thinking differently. Because they had one experience, one place at one time, and it worked a certain way that was different than tried and true tactics that now all of a sudden that that just sort of was the new rule. And it was cute. 
and it was in line with his thinking outside the box. And that's all they did. And it just became, no matter what you said, what you did, we were going to try to defeat that. And it's nonsense, man. The box is the, the the box is a box for a reason. A lot of blood, sweat, and tears I've went into defining what the box is. And if you're not, if you're just thinking outside the box for the sake of thinking outside the box, you're wrong. At a minimum, you at least need to consider why the box is the box. You know, figure out the context that created the box that you've got that you're dealing with, and figure out whether or not being outside the box is worth it or not. And then, and then it's always nice to think outside the box in order to give you greater perspective of why the box is the box. That's the process, right? And then once you have better perspective of the box for this specific context or scenario or situation, then maybe, maybe something outside the box is a solution. Or maybe you just, it's just a li- it's the same, maybe it's the standard, you know, tried and true practice with a little different twist, you know, and it used to just drive me crazy because you would just uh, think outside the box, think outside the box. Look at me. I'm thinking outside the box. Look at me. You guys are the box. I'm thinking outside the box. Check me out. I'm the road less traveled, you know, and you know what? Thinking outside the box got a lot of people killed. A lot of people killed because what it did is it in, in some fashion, somebody just figured out that it advocated them from having to really even master the box, master the basics first. And so they would just like, oh, why, 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 why do this? Why do traditional tactics, techniques, and procedures, TTPs? Why do those when all I have to do is think outside the box and I'll just, I'm going to make it work. You know what I mean? And it drives me crazy when I see that as a trend. Hey, check me out, man. I took the load, rest, traveled. Well, why'd you do that? That sucked. Now you're now you're worthless to do what you need to do because you got to the end of the road and it's the same place that I got by taking the road that was well-traveled. I'm a little bit more rested. I'm there with less scratches. You know? I'm there with more resources because you had to spend all your shit taking the road less traveled. And so now, so good job getting to the same place I'm at two hours late and worthless. I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up from here. <laughs> and so... What I'm saying is just be cautious. Be cautious always trying to take the high road just because it's high. Or taking the road less traveled because it's the road less traveled. Or thinking outside the box because you want to be different. Like, take a look at yourself. Like, why are you doing that right now? For the right reasons? And I, you know what's funny? is like, nine times out of ten, I don't think they're the right reasons. And I could be off. My assumption, passing judgment, um... So maybe it's 7 out of 10. But I'll tell you what, it's more often that people are doing it for the sake of something else than the right reasons than it is for the right reasons. Period. And all of this just really leads to ignorance. It's just ignorance. Look at me, I took the high road for the sake of the high road so I can get some attention because I'm a, you know, I'm an attention monger or whatever it is. I need a pat on the back. You know, I have low self-esteem, so I'm going to take that little rest traveled and tell everybody so that I can make myself feel better or whatever the reason. And it's a lot of ignorance involved with that. Understanding the whole poem. Understanding what the poem is really about. And, you know, it's funny because I made an Instagram post this morning about 
I'm mildly interested about your, your solutions and your ideas or, or whatnot than I am about the questions. You know, it's about the questions. It's about understanding the why. It's about listening to understand, not to respond. And it's funny, as I got a response from a couple different people saying, yeah, hey, isn't it better? Like one in particular I responded to, but and not, not pointing any fingers because that's not the way the communication went down. But it's like people say, hey, isn't it better to say, based on my experience, this is what I did when I was in this situation. And that's cool. That's just another way of, you know, couching, hey, I have the answer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, unless, unless the context is explained and the questions are articulated that you answered to do what you wanted to do, right? So that's what I do when, no, you know, people want to answer shit and solve things all the time. It's like, yeah, hey, whatever, man. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in the questions that, you know, this person has, why they're doing it the way they're doing it or why they did it the way they did it. That is understanding. And I'm less interested about what you're going to do to tell them what they should have done. Because otherwise you're not really teaching anybody. You're not educating. And you're ignorant. Or, but then like maybe you're maybe you're a little bit more socially intelligent. And you say, well, hey, you know, hey, cool, man, I understand that. But, you know, I was in a similar situation and I did it this way. And it's like, okay, cool. All you're doing is just saying, hey, do it my way. We, you haven't even figured out yet whether the situation was the same. You haven't even asked any questions yet to even figure out if the situation that you were in is, is even what this person's talking about. Because you haven't asked any questions. Or maybe you have, but you haven't asked the right questions. So if, so immediately when I hear people doing this, it's like flag, flag, flag. And then I confirm or deny or prove or disprove whether that flag is valid or not based on, I'm making some assumptions. But like I don't make an assumption or judgment and then just leave it there and walk with it. I actively like continue to prove it or disprove it. But um and what's funny is I think podcast seven or eight or something I talked about an overinflation of self assessment. The people that are talking about taking the high road, taking the road less traveled, thinking outside the box, always at off always offering answers, right? Are usually those exact ones that fit in to that category of an overinflation of self assessment. And it's wild. It's mediocrity at its best. But um, anyways, do it, man. Short podcast today. Fired up about it a little bit. Still processing it. But um, it all kind of came together a couple nights ago when we were talking about um, Robert Frost's poem with Nicole and James Hobart eating ice cream, cruising down Magnolia. It was pretty awesome. Anyways, um, Travis Manion Foundation, great organization, Steve's Club, um, great organization and I just bringing like-minded people together to do great things with the talents and the resources that they have check them out uh, I'm getting ready to gear up for another week of of cool stuff a little reunion of sorts with some Marines I haven't seen in 10 15 years I'm super excited a little nervous so thanks again everybody <laughs>